I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What's going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan. And as you know, if you've been listening to us, uh, but if you're new, I'm Alex Mito. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair. We're the most widespread art fair for artists in the US. We're also one of the top resources for all things art, artist, and your art career. Today, we've got Adam Corrin here with us on the mic. Adam is going to share an awesome masterclass with you today on how to handle the business side of your art career. And since that's what this podcast is all about, it's going to be a really exciting episode. But first, I've got an amazing offer here just for you, ABP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news. Those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, so we're back here with Adam Korn and we're ready to change the way that you think about your art career. Adam Korn has been coaching for more than 20 years and he brings care, clarity, and sanity, it's very important, to personal finances, especially for those who experience confusion, avoidance, and shame about them. And that includes a lot of us out there, myself included. Adam holds people's hands as they face what's going on with their finances, tell themselves the truth about what's happening there and get it all back on track and off their minds. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Adam. Thank you so much, Alex. Glad to be here. And we are glad to have you. And so before we dive into our questions for you, Adam, I just want to ask you something that can help our listeners get to know the real Adam. And <laughs> that is, we're going to go deep here. So so what is your earliest memory that you have of art? And can you tell us a little bit about that, what it meant to you? Yeah, yeah. I, I love that question. Okay. So I don't remember making art or painting much early, but whatever happened, I still feel terrified when someone suggests that I would paint or draw together. But one memory I do have is um, I learned to play the piano early, like when I was about five. And by about seven, I was showing off. I remember I would play these simple songs, but I would practice them until I had them down with my eyes closed. I could play them. So when people were around and watching, I'd put a blindfold on and make sure every everyone knew how good I was. That was a pretty precocious kid. <laughs> I, I love that. And I love that it kind of relates to another form of art, which is music, which yeah. we all love as well. Uh, so thank you for sharing that with us, Adam. Um, so my first question for you is basically people come to you when they realize they need help with their finances, mm -hmm. whether we have an artist listening here, maybe an art gallery owner, or maybe someone who just likes art, what are some of the warning signs that they can look to within themselves to realize if they need financial help? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. 
Well, I think the first one I would say is avoidance. That's the big one. And if you combine that avoidance with distress, that's when problems can really crop up. But really, you know, most people know whether they're in trouble in some way. I mean, another indicator, of course, is if if you just find yourself thinking about money all the time um, from a worried kind of point of view. So that's a good early warning sign that it's it's time to give it some attention. Um, that it, you know, if, if we're thinking about it a lot, it, it, it's probably for good reason. Um, and so if, if that's you listening here today, you'll, you'll get some good things out of this. Okay. To sum that up. So when you realize you're avoiding thinking about your finances, that's a good mm-hmm. sign that you need some help. And I think we've all been there, whether it's student loans or whether it's whatever, when you're kind of catching ourselves just like, okay, you know, I'm going to just put this out of my mind, out of sight, out of mind. It's a good sign you need help. And also, if you're kind of thinking about your finances from a worried mindset, like just thinking, you know, nervous about it, you probably need help with it. So Adam, what is one more thing you want to talk about about this topic? Right. So the reason I wanted to come on, I I imagine I might be kind of a different kind of guest that you than you normally have on this podcast. And one of the reasons I wanted to come on was... um, you know, there's this archetype of the starving artist, of course. And I'm guessing, you know, the the people listening to the artist business plan, you know, perhaps have have moved on from that. But that's such a prevalent archetype that I I just wanted to speak to it, that it it doesn't have to be that way. Um, And sometimes the world of art can be so, can feel so opposite and so, so different from the practical world of, you know, just having, having one's finances handled. And um, my approach to all this is not like people have to become really good at it or even you know, like expert in any way. Um, where where I, you know, what what I help my clients do is just have it handled enough where it's off their mind and they can get back to focusing on what they really care about. Yeah, and I, and I agree. I think it's it's interesting having people on this program who don't necessarily come from an art background, but have this kind of broader perspective to offer our artists. Because, you know, if you're an artist listening to this show, it's called the Artist Business Plan. So obviously, you take your career seriously, mm-hmm. and I think you maybe want to dispel some of the myths around what being an artist is, and that you have to like you know be like careless with your finances, or that you don't pay attention. Obviously, we all care about that. So. I really appreciate you uh, bringing that up for us, Adam. And I think that's a good way to segue into our next question, mm-hmm. um, which is what are some of the reasons it's hard to manage money, maybe specifically for artists or creatives? And what are some steps that you can take to overcome those difficulties managing your money? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So here's, here's why it's hard. Um, what I've found in working with hundreds of people on this stuff is that three things. So number one, Hardly anybody gets any training in um, handling their personal finances. Number two, and then people rarely talk about this stuff, sometimes even with the closest people in our lives. So we don't get trained and we don't talk about it. And then three, somehow, when we get to be adults, we somehow still expect ourselves to be good at it just because we are a certain age. And, you know, I just don't think that's a fair expectation at all. But I find that's often why people can sometimes feel a lot of anxiety in this area, because they think they should be better at it than they are, and sometimes even shame, and then they just want to avoid it and do anything else. 
And sometimes there's a gender piece of this as well. Um, you know, especially for women, some women have really gotten the message of like, you know, you're going to have a man take care of this. You don't need to worry about this. And so I, I've worked with a lot of women who have either been single or they're now divorced and, and they're really realizing maybe they're in their forties or fifties and I'm like, okay, no one is coming to save me on this. I, I, it, it's time for me to really like lean in and figure this out and, and see what I need to, to do with my finances to just get it under control. Yeah, definitely. So, so what are some steps? Let's say you're in that position. Maybe, you know, it, there is that gender divide, which is, you know, sadly something that we still see, right? Where mm-hmm. depending on your upbringing, maybe, you know, you don't think you're going to have to do this. And then all of a sudden you actually do. Uh, and there's also just this general feeling of like, wait, other people already, you know, know how to do this. I think I should, but I don't. I'm kind of embarrassed about that. How are a couple of ways we could overcome that? Like, how do we, how do we get past that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I find in with most of this stuff that the financial part of it is is often, it, at least on the personal finance side, it can be pretty straightforward. It, you know, it doesn't take a lot of like, it's not, um, it, it's usually not that complicated. What's complicated are the, is the emotional side of it, the, all the, the fear and shame and avoidance and anxiety that people have about this. So, so the, the first thing is just, um, the, the first tip I have with that is to just bring some compassion to ourselves, to just recognize that if it's hard for you, it's hard for you. And, and that's okay. And there are good reasons for that. Um, so that's the first step. And the second step is to, is to lean into it and to, um, you know, uh, take a closer look at your finances if, if that is what is necessary. And, um, and then it, if it is still feeling distressing or overwhelming in some way to, um, to bring in some support, to, to ask a friend to sit with you as you do it, or to do it together while they work on their finances or to, to hire a professional. Um, you know, so these are all ways that, um, people can really kind of get over the hump and, and looking squarely at this stuff and doing what needs to be done. Yeah, so I, I mean, just to kind of summarize that or maybe paraphrase it a little bit, just kind of don't judge yourself, right? Like you're where you are, it's time to take it by the horns and to maybe bring in a professional to help you do that. But I think non-judgment is always really important for anything that involves any type of self-help, including financial help. So yeah, yeah don't stress about it, just take the steps, which may include bringing someone in. So yeah. that's where someone like yourself comes in, Adam. You would do what's called holding a client's hand when you're working with them through their finances. What are some of the ways that you get your clients to contend with the reality of their financial situation? How do you get them to actually reckon with it and take action? Yeah, good. Well, I, I find people usually hire me when it has become really critical for them to face it. And so I usually don't really need to help people to contend with their situation. It's like they're, they're coming saying, okay, it's time. Um, it's time to do something different. So uh, I, I partly see my role as, especially early on, as to, is to really help bring down their anxiety, to soothe, to help them understand, you know, like, like I was just saying earlier about how, you know, we, it, it's, un, it's not appropriate to have this expectation to, that we're, we're good at it if we're, if we're not. Um, and then I help them really 
get a handle on what's happening. I help them look at what, you know, sometimes I'll have somebody pull up their transactions with me. And uh, especially if there's some, some shame about it or avoidance and, and just helping people just feel the feelings about it. Um, and, uh, and so it's, it's really a mixture of emotional and practical support that I offer. And, um, and like I said earlier, the goal is not to be expert uh, on this stuff. It's really to just do what it takes to get it off their mind. So whether it is about if, if somebody feels like they're spending too much or they're, you know, racking up credit card debt or, you know, if they're feeling overwhelmed by a student loan or by taxes, you know, it can be all, all kinds of things. Uh, or, or it could be they're, they're, you know, on the business side too, in terms of just feeling overwhelmed by um, managing the business side. Um, so I just, I just help them, um, you know, calm down and, uh, and look at it squarely in the face. I like that. Just calm down and look it in the face. And I want to underline one thing you said before we move on to our next sponsor spot, um, credit card debt. I had actually read an article yesterday about an artist who's doing extremely well and is about to introduce a big law on a major auction house for, it's a very historic auction as well. And when he began this project several years ago, he did it all on the back of credit card debt. And Mm -hmm. so it's interesting, you know, if you're in that position, like maybe you've done a really cool project that sent you to all these amazing locations and, you know, residencies and all these cool things. But then, you know, this little secret is that you have debt because of it that's a good time to maybe bring in someone and kind of confront that situation and see how you might be able to make the most of the project you've done and also eliminate that debt. So uh, just kind of came to mind because I read this article yesterday. So I wanted to mm-hmm. kind of underscore that before we move on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got a story on that too, but... Um, sure. No, no, go for it, Adam. Tell us. Yeah. So I was working with um, one of my uh, clients early on in my business. Um, she's a successful entrepreneur. She was a photographer um, making six figures as a wedding photographer. And um, when it came time to look at her finances, both her personal and her business finances, you know, sometimes she would look at a spreadsheet and kind of overheat and just get overwhelmed by it and pour herself a glass of wine. And that was the end of, <laughs> of looking at her finances. So and early on in our work, she, that would still come up. She would sometimes have a few tears and kind of you know, get all um, kind of hot and bothered looking at this stuff and h- hitting that overwhelm point. But, you know, since I'm, I'm there with her, um, she would stay with it. I would stay with her with it. And she would get to the other side of it. And then um, on the other side of the tears, and when she took a fresh look at whatever she was dealing with, her natural intelligence would then come online. And the, all of the business smarts that she had, she was able to apply in new ways to um, her finances. And she was able to start handling things that she had previously been avoiding. So yeah, sometimes it's just staying with it um, through that part where, you know, when we get really overwhelmed, when internally and inside, we just want to get the hell away from whatever it is that's causing the, the overwhelm. And the, the paradox is if we can find a way to stay with it or, or have somebody there with us to help us just um, stay focused, then uh, oftentimes we can get to the other side of it, even if it's really scary. I love that push through the overwhelm and get to the other side of it and having an accountability partner and that can really help. So 
we're, we're going to come right back. Adam is going to tell you more about what you want to know about finding courage and strength in regard to your finances and much, much more. But first, a message from our sponsors. New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and yes, Miami. These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you take the next step and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fairs. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine Fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we're offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. And we are back with Adam Corrin. So Adam, what are three strategies, if you can name three, that you give your clients to help them find ease and let go of stress around finances? Okay, great. Number one, notice if there's avoidance and distress and shame there for you. So see if you, if, if you have thoughts like, I should know what I'm doing, or I suck at this, or what's wrong with me. Any of those, that's, that's the first step is just to, to notice that and to start bringing some compassion and start questioning some of those thoughts. Um, the second step I would suggest is to counteract that shame. Tell someone about your experience and ask for support. So, you know, shame does not survive um, being exposed in supportive environments. So shame thrives in the dark um, it, and it thrives in isolation. So it could be a friend or a professional, um, but somebody who can really hear you out fully on what's happening for you and help you take a non-judgmental look at, at what's true for you around your finances, both in general, just how you're feeling about them, and then even some of the details, some of the specifics of you know your spending or your debt or your retirement or whatever it is. The third suggestion I have is to ask yourself the question, what do I want? So especially in the world of finances, there are all of these shoulds about debt and about savings and retirement in particular. And we've internalized these vo those voices from society and also just from our own family, whatever, whatever we learned early on about money. That's, that's all still in us. And because people don't really talk about this stuff that much, it, it doesn't really get challenged often. So. Um, what I, um, so I would suggest asking yourself again, what do I want? And, um, and really look. And, um, I would encourage you to answer it not in terms of dollar amounts. What do I want? But in terms of the experiences you want to have in life. So if it's, I want to have X amount saved, for example, in savings, you can ask yourself for what? What is my money for? What is this desire underneath having, you know, having that much money, what would that provide for me? So um, it could be um, getting debt paid off or, or having you know, more ease and a sense of security about retirement or just having an emergency fund. Um, so just really looking at what you want to experience. And I just find that desire is more powerful than whatever shoulds that get passed down to us. 
I love that. And I'm just going to summarize for our listeners here. So number one, look for signs of stress, avoidance, distress, shame. Look for those signs. Number two, counteract them. Something you said that really kind of resonated with me, shame thrives in isolation. And I mean, that goes beyond finance, right? Like, you know, that feeling of like shame, like I should be doing better. You know, I, I have this problem, whatever as soon as you begin to open up to people, and I found that very much in the entrepreneur community, like entrepreneurs are very much like, you know, closed off, like, no, 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 I have the genius idea. No, I do, right? And so we don't often go to other entrepreneurs and say, hey, look, I'm having this issue. I can't, you know, I can't find this thing or whatever. And once you do, and once you open up that community, you find that other people have similar issues and have found ways to confront them and they don't look down on you for it. So Mm -hmm. as it comes to finance, definitely, you know, internalize that, that shame thrives in isolation and open up, you know, counteract those feelings that you had in part one that you may have identified. And part three, again, ask yourself, what do you want, right? And I love what you're saying about not like your bank balance, not like to sell a $10,000 painting. I mean, that'd be lovely. But like, you know, what do you want? What experiences? Do you want that like two week trip to Iceland? Like, what is it that you're looking for? Um, I read Four Hour Work Week about three years ago, mm-hmm. and I yeah. recommend it. I recommend it to everybody. But um, there's a great thing he does in there. It's called dreamlining, and you talk about what is a, a toy that you really want. Like it could be a car, it can be it can be a house, whatever, whatever like cool thing you want. What is something you want to be? Do you want to be bilingual? Do you want to like be a tango dancer, whatever? And then also like you know wh- where you want to go. Like really identifying these things and creating a, a, a dreamline. He calls it, but like a timeline to that and set your financial goals around that instead of just these, you know, more abstract concepts of like how much money is in my bank. Mm, yeah, I love that. Yeah, very cool. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, Adam. Um, so kind of our, our last big question here, what is the first step that listeners can take to become proficient in speaking the language of personal finances? Because I know that's something I struggle with, with 401ks, IRAs, Roth IRAs, all these different things that we hear about. What you know, how does someone become fluent in speaking this language? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, it's a good question. So the the first thing I want to say about it is there there's such a mystification about some of this language. And there's a lot of jargon and mystique about these things. And um, as if there's a, you know, there, these are all things that you need to know in order to be competent with this and that you're not if if you don't understand more um and unfortunately it's it's kind of in the interests of the financial services industry to kind of keep it that way to kind of, to keep things a bit opaque and hard to understand so um many people find that that jargon intimidating and off-putting it has them less interested to get in there and just learn the basics so yeah so we'd need to find something that um yeah that that works for people with that so in terms of like you were saying with 401ks and things like that these you know it the concepts are actually not that complicated um you know it, it, there are there are different kinds of retirement accounts for example um and you know it's it, it, one can definitely just google and and learn about them uh, one can also just bring in a financial advisor or an investment advisor um, to either take care of that for them or to help guide them through that. You know, my specialty isn't on the investment side. It's just 
helping people face whatever is going on for them. Um, so yeah. Um, and, and then, like I was saying earlier, the, if there's, if there's some, if there's something with distress, um, if, if there's, if there's something in the way, like if, if you're wanting to learn more about what, you know, about the world of finances, but you're not really sure where to start, um, if there is distress, that's the, that's the place to start is just on the emotional side. And if you know you don't have distress, you really just want to learn stuff. Then you know there are tons of ways of doing that. So you can do your own research. You can also just ask your friends who you, you feel like might know a little bit more about finances than you, or or might be oriented that way more. You can just <laughs> you can just ask, and people are generally happy to happy to tell you. So guys, just ask. Don't be afraid of the jargon, the lingo. The concepts are not that difficult. So just start asking questions. I love that. So Adam, this has been an amazing chat. We're coming to the end here. Let's bring it home for the listeners. Is there a call to action that you want to share with our listeners out there where they might be able to work with you or take advantage of the services you offer? Yeah, thanks for uh, that opportunity. Yeah, so um, if you're interested in learning more about me and my work, um, you can go to my website, which is just adamcorin.com. And Corin is K-O-R-E-N, adamcorin.com. And you can book a, a free session with me. And I give a, a lot of value in those initial sessions. And um, also want to offer to anyone who mentions that you heard about me on this podcast, I'm happy to give a 15% discount off my services. I love that, guys. So if you need financial advice, and I think we all do, uh, go to adamcorn.com. That'll be in the show notes as well. And you can reach out to Adam, let him know you heard about him from the Artist Business Planning. Take 15% off of your your first session that you book. Um, to all of you business artists out there, Adam has been here with us today, sharing his amazing perspective with you all. And I think you're probably going to want to go back and take some notes as well, which you can do on our website at www.superfine.world. Remember to, to connect with Adam, you can visit adamcorn.com. As always, remember that we are Superfine Art Fair on Instagram. We always appreciate it when you share us on your Instagram stories, on your feed post. Whenever you're listening to the show, maybe you're working in your studio, whenever you're listening in the car, don't, well, don't crash when you take an Instagram story. But otherwise, we love it when you share. And we also really appreciate when you take a moment of your time and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's our number one broadcasting platform. So anytime you write one of those, it helps other artist entrepreneurs like yourselves find us and benefit from us and our guests and all of our perspective that we share on here. As always, I want to wrap up this class by sharing a quick quote with you all. And I think it's pretty relevant today. And that is, Making money is a hobby that will complement any other hobbies you have beautifully. And that is Scott Alexander. Adam, it's been such a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you for sharing your perspective with our listeners. We're so grateful to you. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. And yeah, compassion is my main message here. Compassion is the message. Thank you for sharing that, Adam. Everybody else, have an awesome rest of your day. Remember to stay on top of your artist business plan. Get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, 
just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world.